Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I speak with Del Schaefer. He's a host to the League's podcast on iTunes. He's also a father, a husband, a realtor, and he's voted one of the best realtor in Mount Pleasant. Now, how did I connect with Del? Well, Del and I are both huge fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. And when Gary said, who wants to be... Who should I call? Or uh, there's something, there's some conversation going on. We all posted, and I think Dell had a really awesome uh, message, and he got tons of likes. And I was like, Dell, why don't you come on and be a guest on my podcast? <laughs> and here we are now with Dell Schaefer as a guest on Hacks and Hobbies. Thanks so much, Dell, for coming on. Hey, Janae, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So, the one thing that I love talking about on the podcast and really exploring is how my guests got to where they are today. And we all have individual stories. We all go through a different path and we all have very unique ways of how we in, you know, engage our mindset and engage with the community and engage with people around us and what we are doing with our life and the types of support we're providing to our communities. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and um, how you got here. Oh, gee, it's a <laughs> long winding story, but it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. grew, grew up on a barrier, barrier island in Charleston. It's called Isle of Palms, really amazing place to grow up. And then uh, just one of three kids and then ended up thinking that I wanted to go into the military. So mm -hmm. I went to the Citadel, which is a military college here in Charleston, mm -hmm. and then decided later that the military was for me that I didn't want to, I guess, be told <laughs> you know, what to do all the time, where yeah. to go. And I actually became a Christian at the Citadel as well. So I kind of felt a calling more towards... Um, going to different countries and yeah. uh, sharing the gospel, mainly after hearing about a guy named uh, Jim Elliott, who was a missionary that was killed in Ecuador. Oh, and wow. I got to hear his wife speak. But uh, fast forward a little bit, I uh, went to 10 countries um, doing mission work and also playing soccer. Wow. Um, I did not make it to the you know professional level playing soccer. I made mm -hmm. it, I tried out for the Charlotte Eagles but I found a way to combine some of my passions together and was yeah. able to go travel different countries and teach, you know, soccer camps with kids and also work with churches overseas. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward even more, I <laughs> uh, came back and settled down here in Charleston and then got back into real estate, which I had done for one year in marketing and found out that it wasn't uh, all about money that I was able to, really help people 
um, I guess everyone needs a, a roof over their head. So mm-hmm. I was amazed at the fulfillment of that when I was able to help families and, you know, couples and singles, whoever find a house and have somewhere, you know, to live and do whatever they need to do work or have families. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And it's, everybody needs a place to live. So yeah, it totally makes sense, you know, and, and there's a ton of, um, Realtors provide a very important service, especially for um, new couples and you know new families moving from one place to another place. Um, it's very, very helpful to speak with a realtor that knows the area and that knows you know where where the best schools are. And sure, technology gives you a lot of that data, but having a personal connection for somebody who knows the area is absolutely important to help you find your home. And so I kind of use this as my sort of like ministry now. I'm, this is a way of me providing value and helping others, you know, through a different type of kind of service. And I want to be different than other realtors. I, you yeah. know, I try to answer the phone as soon as people call mm-hmm. and not, you know, slack on that. And I learned a lot from Gary Vee, like we said, and yeah. was able to meet him here when he spoke and, um, I was very, I was amazed at his personality, his, mm-hmm. um, just being able to talk to you one-on-one and he really does want to help you, even though, you know, he helps talks to millions of people. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a very authentic, very genuine, um, personality. I mean, and he is, and he knows it. He's like, you know, there's, you don't need to have any BS in the middle. Everything right. is plain. People have access to information. So there's no point in faking it. There's no point in pretending to be somebody who you're not. And I'm just amazed at his story as well, that yeah. you know, he was not great as a student, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not, you know, smart and intelligent. And I asked him a question about real estate and he right away had an answer and he was just, you could tell he was listening and that he cared. And yeah. you don't always get that with everybody. A lot of times people are listening to reply, not necessarily listening to, to help. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And um, so you came back, you traveled around the world, you played some soccer. How did you, or, or how did you develop the passion for soccer as a sport? Was it, um, you know, was it you being brought up playing soccer or there's something different? Yeah, I think um, growing up playing soccer here and playing club soccer, my high school was like one of the number one teams in the country in the United States called Wando. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I never made the varsity team. Oh, okay. But fast forward, you still had the, like, the passion for the game. And I think part of that goes from a love of other countries and going to, you know, wherever I went, whether it be Costa Rica or China or Cambodia, mm-hmm. I was always able to like have a soccer ball and play with people. It was yeah. amazing. It's yeah. just one of those games that is very just uh, rudimentary and all you need mm-hmm. is a ball and you can put down shirts and have goals. I mean, it's amazing. Exactly. It's an international sport played the world around it's it's really amazing and it's unfortunate here kind of in the states it's kind of become mm-hmm. you know more of a like a pay to play type um game yeah which is it's, sad and i was really listening sad. 
to someone talk about that today where mm -hmm. a lot, in the States we're kind of missing out on talent because we're not um, helping uh, other kids, whether it be inner city or Latino kids. And we're not finding that talent. Like they're going to play for Mexico possibly. Yeah. So when you say it's a pay to play sport here in the United States, what do you, how do you um, explain that? Cause that's really interesting. Well, what they say is it's become more of like a upper class sport here. It's, mm -hmm. it costs a lot of money for kids to play um, club soccer to get the, you know, the lessons or the uh, practices and mm -hmm. pay for a coach and travel. And if you want to be really good, you're going to be traveling to tournaments. Like my, my younger brother played a lot and we traveled with him all mm -hmm. over the Southeast. You know, mm -hmm. he went, I think to Oklahoma for nationals one year. And so a lot of the other kids, if they don't have the money, they can't necessarily afford to make it to the next level. Wow. That's Whereas true. overseas, they're playing in the streets here in the yeah. States, the kids play, it's very structured. They don't yeah. play pickup soccer, you know, in the park or as much here as they do mm -hmm. overseas. No, that's, that, that makes a really good point because I remember growing up in Saudi Arabia, right. And they, they had a huge, um, they have a huge fan for for soccer or football, right? And um, we'd play in our courtyard at school with a, a, a piece of can. You know, we didn't have a soccer ball. So we'd play during recess. And then uh, after school, we would play in, in, in a next to, next to our home. There was a big uh, dirt area with some goals on either side there's no grass because it's you know it's a desert but we'd play like no matter where we are you can set up a goal and you just start playing you know you just kick around the ball i mean it's the cheapest cheapest ever game that you can imagine because all you need is just one ball right you don't need cleats you don't need shin guards you don't need any of that stuff just need a ball to go and play I made two trips to Cambodia. Mm -hmm. It's called um, Sim Reap. So it's not the capital. Capital is Phnom Penh. Mm -hmm. But I went to uh, Sim Reap where the one of the wonders of the world, Angkor Wat, is. Yeah. And then I remember playing in a field and not like a, you know, like a cut grass field. Yeah. But it was a field and we had, there was a uh, bike path through the middle of it. And so yeah. kids were leaving school and there was kids on bikes in the middle of the game and they yeah. were getting hit with a soccer ball. <laughs> and there was even a cow in the middle of the field. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. The places that I've played and, you know, you make it happen and you enjoy it. It doesn't really matter. Wow. That's, that's really cool because yeah, man. Um, that's, I mean, it totally makes sense because we, we do, you know, we, we had our, we had our son enrolled because I mean, I have three kids. So, uh, our, the middle one, um, he's uh, like four years old. So we had, to you know sign them up for soccer classes and they go we go to this big nike field and you know there's these goals and there's all these people coming here on a daily basis or a weekly basis and you know they have these training practices going on and yeah man it, there's there's definitely a cost involved you know every kid's bringing in number three ball they gotta have their cleats they gotta have their shin guards and people on the sidelines are super, super serious of what's going on. You know, right. they're watching their kids and they're like, oh, move out of my way because I can't see my son play. And it's really interesting. Like, I'm just standing here. You know, you can move over. But it's really interesting how 
you know, you, you, what you what you mentioned really makes sense from the behavior I've seen of people around me. And also you have parents that are really pushing and in sports in general, they want their kids to get a scholarship. Even when they're little, they're like, like oh, this is our way, you know, a little Jimmy get us a scholarship. Or, yeah. But I was a former coach and a couple of things that mm-hmm. I learned from that side is when yeah. I went through some of my licensing is they taught us that you coach kids and then when it comes to the game, you need to buy yourself one of those, you know, pop-up chairs and sit yeah. down Yeah, because you're done with your coaching. They're not going to listen to you during yeah. the game as much because they're into it on the field. Mm-hmm. And so don't let them the whole game and try and coach them then. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing, I guess, from the other side is, yeah, the parents. And so also with the playing, one thing I would do at practice is I think it was the last 30 minutes of every practice would mm-hmm. let them just play. Yeah. Sometimes, like I said, it's too structured. You got to, they're missing the like the creativity, the, the originality to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to enjoy it. It's like, yeah. do all these drills. No, yeah. just let them play sometimes. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, you make a really good point. You got to, and, and that's what, that's what our um, coach does too. You know, the first 30 minutes, they're telling them, okay, you know, do these, do these drills. They're, they're dribbling, they're going fast, they're going slow, they're stopping, they're doing the touch the, you know, ball with toes. Um, and then they would, you know, the last 30 minutes, they would let them play. And, and there's, since they're younger kids, you know, they, they are, you know, running and every time the ball goes out of bounds, you know, um, they'll throw in another ball, like, all right, go play with this. Yep. And, and then the next level up I saw, uh, the other teams, you know, they're teaching them, okay, this is how you throw the ball in from the from the boundary. This is how you send it in. So it's really interesting watching them play. So, wow. And speaking of kids, I was actually having this conversation with my wife. We have mm-hmm. uh, two kids yeah. and our three and a half year old started at daycare. They have yeah. a, a program called Soccer Shots. Mm-hmm. So she started it too. But I think that Soccer is better for kids to learn teamwork rather than, say, baseball, even though a lot of Americans would, you know, if you talk about baseball, they get really offended. But um, (laughs) soccer is you have 11 players on a team and you have to pass the ball and it's 11 people working together. And so if you say, look at baseball, it's one person batting at a time or, you know, one person pitching. Yeah it's not necessarily you have to throw it to somebody or you have to hit it to somebody. Yeah. A lot of people are sitting on the bench, but I think that soccer, that's one of the things that kind of pushes soccer to be like the best sport around the world. And along with, you know, being able to play wherever and not have, you know, I played all the time where you just have two t-shirts and a soccer ball, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly. why, that's why I love this, the sport and why I started the podcast is because mm-hmm. I needed to have, an avenue to talk about it. And also I get to interview cool people and talk to players and coaches, you know, all over the world. Um, no, that's really, really cool. And, and the other thing that I like about, like the thing you mentioned, right? It builds teamwork. You got to pass the ball and you got 22 play, people on the field playing with one ball. Right. 22 people, as opposed to, you know, if you look at basketball, Max, you could, 10 people can play that game. You can throw in more games, but then th- that court is small. And with American football, you've got, you've got to have all this other gear because now you're, you know, pushing and you shove in and you're, you, you have, you have flag football. And interesting 
thing that you mentioned about baseball being a team sport, but it's it's team sport in when you've got to catch the ball, but it's more like two people are playing the game or three people. Right. It's like one-on-one pitcher against a batter sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think soccer is going to continue to grow here in the States. As yeah. you see, like the the second division here in the States, I have we have a team here in Charleston, mm-hmm. but um, that league just expanded. And I can't even remember how many teams there are now, but the major league soccer as well. They just added a new team uh, this week to Sacramento that will start in 2022. And St. Louis and Nashville will have a team. So there are 29 teams now. Wow. And I think football will kind of start to trail away. You look at Atlanta Falcons, they don't have a ton of fans at their games. They're not good this season, but Atlanta United plays tonight and they pack out uh, mm-hmm. the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's taken wow. over. And and then if you also look at the the medical issues with American football, you know, you have the concussion issues, you have those kind of things because people are getting like really hurt. Whereas, whereas in soccer, the maximum you're going to get hurt is getting, you know, you're getting hit by a, a soccer ball. Actually, there is some concussion issues in oh, soccer yeah. now because if sometimes people go full, full on, you know, for a header and they don't mm. look at the player, they just look at the the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're trying to introduce new, new like legislation where you can have an extra sub. So mm-hmm. if someone has to go through concussion protocol they can take them off and actually substitute them yeah it doesn't count as one of their three that way if they can go back in fine but uh there's a player from um, that's on espn he's mm-hmm. a former player his name's taylor twelman mm-hmm. and he's pushing for new le- legislation because he's seen people you know just go straight back into the game um and later they're complaining you know that they have issues and they have to come out that's really interesting. Just to be honest, we still struggle. <laughs> I wish we didn't, but yeah, you know, head to head can be difficult. And one last thing I was talking about with the team, mm-hmm. the soccer thing. It's also you mentioned twenty-two players. Mm-hmm. Part of the issue with soccer as well is I think you learn about how you treat other people, like the other team. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, you know, kick somebody with your cleat, or it's it's kind of how you how are you gonna play the game? How are you gonna treat the other team as well? Yeah. you know, before the game, after during. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, you can learn, learn there from kids and what they can learn as well mm-hmm. themselves about treating other people and being fair and not being dirty. Exactly. No, the really, really good points. Soccer is definitely uh, one of the sports I played growing up. And um, some of the things that I'm able to do with the ball and my, my older son's like, how'd you do that? How'd you kick it up? Like just by standing there. And like yeah, you could do a lot of different things with with the ball and your and your feet. You just gotta you just gotta pay attention and and you know play around with the ball. Yep. And uh, another thing all- too is mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but when I got into real estate, um, I didn't think you know how soccer and real estate would work together. But mm-hmm. I would go to soccer games, or I was part of a, a group here, a Manchester United group in Charleston. Mm-hmm. And me just being myself, I would you know people that I knew through soccer would want me to help them with real estate. Yeah. So I learned that I can be a realtor just by being myself and, you know, it automatically comes up because they ask about how it's going. Exactly. So that way I can, people are just, you know, going out and being themselves and you can get business just by being who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool, you know, benefit of being a realtor and loving soccer as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the, some of the things 
that people do, right? The things that we do in our life that make us who we are, they they spill over into the industries like, you know, being a realtor or being a plumber or being something that you do with your hands or something that you do with your mind, right? It it relates and and getting in that connection in, in that way with people because they know you have a passion for something. So you build those relationships strong by, you know, playing together or, or, or uh, so you're playing soccer or, you know, being in any sports whatsoever. It then builds your, essentially building your brand. And then as you provide service and you have those connectivity and be able to provide them a service through, you know, finding homes or not. So yeah, it, it totally plays into and building your personal brand as who you are and the services that you're offering, be able to offer. And I work super hard for them. I work hard for everybody, but mm-hmm. I know I'm going to see them again as well. And I'm not going to be scared to see, you know, see them because I know exactly. that I did an amazing job and I ask them, you know, Oh, you still at the house and how's everything going? Yeah. Yeah. That follow up, right. That follow up totally makes for it for a very um, great relationship over the long term. True. Because they say that a lot of times, um, I think it was maybe 6% of buyers hear from their realtors after closing. And so that was shocking to me. And I wanted to definitely be someone that, you know, keeps in contact and with people after closing and not just, you know, see ya. Yeah. But a lot of times I'm, if I'm friends with them before, or if I'm not, I'm like really, really close with people after closing. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's, another you know aspect that I kind of provide and I take it very personally yeah no that's that's really really awesome and um, a lot of the times some of the conversations that I've had with you know marketing and, and um, branding your company and branding your um, entrepreneurship and whatnot and you know you bring a really great point because as long as you are passionate about what you do in your personal life, it's going to spill over and it's going to show through your colors and, and you're able to provide that service in your professional life to those same connections and having that relationship, right? There, there's a ton of customer relationship management tools available. And the best one is being able to just being human with each other and right. talking to people and, you know, getting that point across, you know, this is what I'm at what I'm about and this is what I'm able to do. And it was kind of silly when I started, I was kind of thinking that I was like Jerry Maguire, you know, yeah. just take <laughs> the small amount of business I have and yeah. work as hard as I could knowing that, you know, they would refer me to other people. And sometimes I'm scared that I don't want like too much business. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm scared that that level would drop and I wouldn't be able to provide the same level because I'm not a team. It's just me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's one of my fears is that I would get too much. And so it's been good so far. I've been able to do an amazing job. And it's funny nice. to begin, when you start real estate, you, you don't know any of the like terminology. Mm-hmm. And then slowly as I went along, it's been almost seven years now. Nice. You start talking, you're like, whoa, I, I know all the lingo and, and I know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Where at the beginning, yeah. you're kind of sort of, you know, you use what you know and try and pretend like you're more experienced, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you amaze yourself, right? As as you go through time, it's like, oh, I know all of this stuff. This is really cool. And I can help people. 
Well, I bounced around uh, through a few other jobs and mm-hmm. industries before, and I'd never really pushed through whatever it is that like a thousand hours or to master kind of your craft. Yeah. And so sometimes people get kind of, they hit that wall and they think that they need to do something else. Whereas yeah. sometimes you just need to push through. And once you kind of learn where you feel kind of better experienced and mm-hmm. you know what you're doing, then it, it becomes easier and you become more confident in what you're doing. Exactly. And, and the 10,000 rule, right. It, it also uh, goes into like, if you look at schooling, why people go from um, doing a bachelor's to then doing a master's, then doing a PhD is because they're going deeper and deeper into what um, that, that subject and the 10,000 hours of being a soccer player or being a, a, an instrument, you know, playing a guitar, it goes to show, you know, how much work you've put in and how you basically mastered not, I mean, getting to that mastery point because 10,000 hours is just the uh, average number, but right. like really good musicians, they've spent their entire life, right? It's, it's gone over a hundred thousand hours of them playing whatever they're, they're so good at. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that goes with, with soccer as well. Mm-hmm. I would like, I'd been playing up until recently when I had, we had our second kid. Yeah. And I, in my shoulder but mm. whenever i got out on a soccer field it, i felt different mm-hmm. like i felt like that was kind of where i belonged and i knew what i was doing yeah and it felt almost like at home on a soccer field and mm-hmm. it, it was i was able to not stress as much about my daily life i could just get out there and kick a ball or kick somebody and yeah <laughs> kind of de-stress and not bring all that home with me exactly no that that's really really good point cool man this was a really cool conversation um especially talking about soccer and just having this, this experience just yesterday. And then I think last yeah, yesterday was the last uh, meet for us. And I think this um, weekend is maybe we'll have some more games over the weekends, but it, it was, it's been pretty good. And, and uh, I've seen some improvement in my son and I keep thinking, you know, I need to play with him more in, in our backyard and spend some more time with the ball. But again, you gotta, you gotta balance time between uh what you do uh with other other things and other time it's pretty interesting how that comes through yeah let me know if you have any questions about your son because i definitely learned a few things you know from me growing up playing not learning with both feet or yeah sometimes they don't try different positions they get stuck in one position Mm -hmm. so no absolutely cool man so i have some questions um towards the end of our episode um what is one hobby that you wish you got into i would definitely say it would be music so Mm -hmm. i never really did music Mm -hmm. i've always wanted to actually one of my bucket list items is learning the drums nice and when i lived in england for a year um, Mm -hmm. as a poor person i took maybe three guitar lessons and then i gave up but uh, (laughs) i sing the shot I play air drums mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, my bucket list would still be to learn the drums at one point nice. in my future. Yeah. Uh, um, I never got the disconnected, um, like your, you, the disconnected rhythm between your arm, with your, between your arms, between your hands and your feet, right? Because it's really interesting how that comes through. 
And uh, one of my managers uh, back at one of the companies that I work for, he, he used to be a drummer and he's like, you know, this is how you can play the drum. And then he basically tapped on my fingers different with the different beats. And I, I kind of got it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, I get the, that sensory feedback and right. now I can replicate it. So it's really neat. Awesome. Next, next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? So the favorite TV show would definitely have to be The Office. No, oh, yes. I, <laughs> I started off watching the Eng, England, the British version. Yeah. And loved that. And then they did the American version. Mm-hmm. And at first I wasn't so sure, but yeah, we pretty much watch it over and over again on Netflix. Nice. And then we just found out that the two girls, um, Angela and Pam, mm-hmm. started, the real actresses started a, a podcast. Oh, no way. I'll have to check it out. I think it's called Office Girls or something. Okay. But they're actually going through the episodes from the beginning, kind of talking about them, which is amazing. Nice. All right. Next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? What movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Like if I could be in a remake of a movie? Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a tough one. I would... Just off the top of my head, um, I would probably say 500 Days of Summer. Nice. I never I would, got to see their movie, but uh, it's, on, it's on my list of movies to watch. I think it was just, I really relate to the, the character in there and his issues with women and then mm. him also find, trying to find a career. Like he was working on greeting cards, but he had a degree, I think, in architecture or engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a really great movie, um, and the music on it is great. Um, I really love movies based on music a lot of times. Like uh, Elizabethtown had a great soundtrack, and Garden State. Yeah, and, Garden State was really good. I liked that movie. Yep. And I actually was in a movie that I didn't mention before. I was an oh. extra in a movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. called Chill Factor. Nice. That's awesome. It's a horrible movie, but it was fun. <laughs> you got to be in one. And then they filmed The Notebook outside of my apartment. And nice. I got to watch like one day of filming. That's and they, so paid, cool. they paid us $50 to come into our building. I took out the AC unit mm-hmm. and then like pulled out the blinds and painted the outside of the building. <laughs> so that was nice. cool. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Last question. Who is your favorite superhero? Uh, I would have to say Batman. I was kind of thinking through it and Mm -hmm. I got really enthralled with the new uh, Batman movies that came out. Yeah. I can't remember who played it. Was it uh, Christian Bale, I guess? Christian Bale was with the Dark Knight uh, trilogy and then Ben Affleck with uh, the remake. Yeah, uh, Christian Bale. And just, I guess that he doesn't necessarily have inhuman powers, but Mm -hmm. just, I guess, his story and how he went through the family, uh, you know, losing his parents and then just how he came out of that. I just love the, the Batman story above all. Yeah. No, no. It's a little dark, but I, it's a little I like dark, yeah. that he, you know, there's something in me that's all about like making things right justice and mm-hmm. I guess being a, a rule follower as part yeah. of it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, good. Great points. Batman is certainly a character to be, you know, uh, looked up, looked up at. 
He's like one of the people too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's one of the people. All right. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? <laughs> if I was a board game. Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't know what I would be, but yeah. lately I love this game called, it's not a board game. I guess it's a card game. It's uh-huh. called Exploding Kittens. Oh my God. And we've played it with our family. If you yeah. haven't uh, seen it or you can but of it you do it's hilarious nice like playing cards and someone is out mm-hmm. and it's just really funny um graphics on the cards and just funny names and stuff nice check i'll have out. to check that game out but um talk about board games uh i one of the guests that i spoke with you know he said you know if i want to be a board game i want to be the game of soccer oh yeah that's a board game Yeah, there's a board game called soccer. Oh, I didn't know I was, that. I was like, let me take a look. And and I found it. I, it, it apparently, there used to be a game and, and, and it's got, you know, all these characters that you can put on the board and, and actually play a game of soccer on the board game. I was oh, like, wow. That's hilarious. Well, I guess for me, it should be Monopoly, right? Because yeah. I'm in real estate. Exactly. And so <laughs> they actually, I think they made a, a copy of it here. It's like Charleston. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Charlestonopoly. Oh, and nice. it has certain parts of town, like on there maybe. And instead of Park <laughs> Place, it'll have like King Street, like downtown area. Nice. So Very cool. cool. Very cool. So homework for me is to check out 500 Days of Summer. My One of my favorite actors, Jordan Joseph, Jordan. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is on there. I'm actually staring at his, at his name on Wikipedia. And I'm like, why can't Zoe I? Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Uh, she's, she's on the TV show, the new girl, right? Yes. Um, really cool characters, real cool people. Uh, wow. 10 year old, 10 years ago, this movie was released. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, when it, I think when it came out, I was a missionary in Marseille, France. And so I even watched it in uh, Aix-en-Provence with some French friends and the subtitles. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was a really awesome chat. We'll definitely keep in touch and um, I'll check out your podcast. And um, so people can find you at Del Schaefer on Twitter and you've got at Leagues Podcast on Twitter as well for your podcast talking about soccer. Yep. It's the Leagues uh, colon World Soccer Podcast because I cover everything all over the world try to you know instead of just one league so perfect well thank you so much Dell. this is really thank you, awesome Janaid. all right take it was care. awesome yeah bye all right bye thank you for listening to hacks and hobbies you can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.